Welcome to Dish the Dirt, a light-hearted and fun podcast about Australian flower growers, their stories, knowledge and insights into the industry. I'm your host Rebecca and each week I speak to a different farmer and get them to dish the dirt. Dish the Dirt acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Hi and welcome to another episode of Dish the Dirt. I've had some really cool feedback this week. I've had phone calls, I've had emails from not only just florists but also growers and people who are just discovering the podcast. So hello to all of you. Thank you for tuning in and I just wanted to say a big hello to the lady that came into my shop last weekend and brought some flowers. It was so nice to chat to you and for you to know about Dish the Dirt, so that was pretty cool. Um, Anyway, today is not about me, it's all about Sarah Foster from Country Style and Life. Country Style and Life is a boutique flower farm set amongst the rolling green hills of Illambark. 10 minutes outside of Warrigal in West Gippsland. She grows dahlias, lavenders, peonies and roses and other seasonal flowers such as tulips, hyacinths and hydrangeas. The property is a visual feast of stylish, elegant flower rooms, making this lovely farm a pretty jewel in the local landscape. Created by former Melbourne stylist and media personality Sarah Foster, known around Australia for her fashion workshop segments on Good Morning Australia, Country Style and Life hosts invitation-only gatherings and events that appeal to those needing to slow down and take a moment out of everyday life to smell the roses. It's designed to uplift, soothe and inspire people. A day out at Country Style and Life is the essence of an escape to the country experience. All within an easy 1.5 hour drive from Melbourne CBD, flower sales are also welcome. Um, I really hope you enjoy this episode. It was so wonderful to speak to Sarah and she has a lot of life experience which she has now put into her beautiful farm. So I hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. So it's nice that you got to spend the day relaxing and would you like to begin sort of by telling us where you're situated and... I don't know how you became to be on the piece of land that you're on. Yes, well, we're in Ellengate, which is um, a very pretty parcel of land, just literally bang on 10 minutes out of Warrigal mm-hmm. in West Gippsland. And um, I've been here now for four, it'll be four years in April next year, which Wonderful. has. Yes, I mean, I mean, I'm really home now. This is it. So, you know. <laughs> Um, it's flown by, but also, you know, I've lived every day of it out here and worked every day since. So it's, uh, but it's a really very pretty part of the world. And I've actually never been out here before. I'm very much a city girl and then a Mornington Peninsula girl. And when I came out here, I was struck by, you know, it's all rolling green hills and very, you know, lush and green and rich looking and it's dairy country. It's really quite beautiful. Yeah. And I came out here in 2017 just to have a complete change of life at 55. Yeah. And to reinvent myself because I decided that after 
you know, 30 years in the fashion industry, I thought I'd like to be a flower farmer, <laughs> which I thought sounded fabulous, you know. <laughs> and it is on some days. And, um, and so that's what I'm, I'm doing out here on our little two and a half acres. And when I say, you know, say to people, look, it's boutique. It's really boutique. It's very small. Um, but it's very pretty, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's a huge challenge, but it's been a really marvelous uh, thing to be doing. Yeah. So, what sort of called you to flowers in particular? Because you had this big fashion career. What? How did flowers come into the mix? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? When you really think about flowers and fashion, they're actually very much about the same thing. It's all color. Mm-hmm. And texture and pattern and um, beauty, of course, that's the ultimate goal, to have beautiful uh, things to enjoy that make you feel good. So there's there's actually a lot of uh, similarity there. And the way they make you feel, the way they make a woman feel, I think is very particular. So, um, and of course, like all women, you know, who does not love flowers? Yeah. And I've, I've enjoyed them and loved them all my life in the way that women do. Um, so it was, I think also too, then the, the health side of it, Rebecca, to tell you the truth, there was a lot of, as a gardener, I really, um, found that gardening had been very good for me over the last, um, decade. I've had a very difficult decade with my health. Mm. And so flowers in the garden, particularly roses, I think that's really where my great love uh, started with, um, with flowers and wanting to do this as a as an extension of my new life and to create a new life, um, the health benefits and, and being in the garden and the flowers all mixed in together just really spoke to my heart at a very difficult time in my life. Yeah, wonderful. And how did you find your property? Did you just drive out there one day and it sort of came upon you or you were really searching for a piece of land that you could do, make, you know, build a flower farm on? I was. I was really lucky. It was one of those things that um, I had I had uh, been doing some research, you know, how sometimes instead of, you know, reading a magazine, you think, oh, I'll just hop on realestate.com. And oh, yeah, I know. I know. Do you love to do that? Moments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I James wonder what it would be. obsessed with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You think, oh, I wonder what it would be like to live. Hmm, let's just plug in a suburb or a place or somewhere. Mm. Um, and so I actually had done some research back in, say, 2016. And I've got a my, – my kids are big now. I've got Alex, who's 26, so he's lived on his own in town for a long time. But I was still living um, on the Mornington Peninsula at Frankston South with my daughter Olympia, who was, say, um, in year 11 back Mm. then. And so I had actually had a little play around and I'd come across a little town called Block and uh, Nyora, which uh, I'd gone out and looked at a couple of properties that really piqued my interest. And then I had actually uh, unbelievably relapsed with um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is what I've been in a battle with, literally, for 13 years, since 2007. Wow. And I, yes, I know, it's it's quite the drama, even though I try very hard to not let it be. Mm. Um, and so in I, when Olympia was in year 12, she was elected deputy head girl of her school, 
and I just, you know, said, sweetie, you know, a year at boarding school, being head girl, having a great time. And she did that for me, which was a great um, gift that she gave me. And it freed me up to come and look for the property that I needed to find for my own peace of mind and my own own healing and my own um, new life that I was desperate to create because I felt I'd really been very much on a wheel just going around and around for a very long time and I needed something radical uh, to change and this was it. And so I I literally, on realestate.com, and found um, my little spot. And Ellen Bank, which I love the name of, it's something that's very pretty, my mother's Christian name is, was Ellen. She passed away in 2016. Oh, wow. So a little bit of synergy there, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, and so to be. I thought so. And so um, I, I just said, yep, that's the one for me. When we, When I came and looked at it, I'm blessed with the most staggering, stupendous landscape out here. Mm. Um, it's almost like it's not what I'm doing with my little place, which is, a, excuse me, which is a lot and it looks gorgeous, mm. but we have that incredible borrowed view. And yeah, so, yes, it is. And so I found this empty paddock. Really, I bought a, I bought a house in a paddock. <laughs> with not one thing on it and I just said well there's a blank canvas for you Sarah so go for it girl and I did <laughs> oh good on you was it yeah. near any cafes or restaurants at all <laughs> well having had you know very big social life for mm. many many years um Warrigal's a great little town and I think it's on the real brink of breaking through mm. you know with obviously this whole you know, the tourism that's going on and everybody getting to know our own state again. Uh, so, yes, I'm 10 minutes, exactly 10 minutes. So for me, Fabulous. exactly, if I need to do a run into the shops and get a coffee, get some milk and bread, in the car, in and out, it's it's fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's easy. Mm. Yeah. So when you found this paddock with a house on it, what did you hope to create? What was your vision for the place? Well, it was very much about creating something that I would like to have had in my life back when I really needed it. And what I'm referring to there is when I was very unwell and when I was getting the divorce, which happened simultaneously Mm. back in 2007. So a lot of trauma, a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a lot of grief, all of that. And, you know, I used to drive out to country towns um, on the weekends when I was on my own. And I would search for somewhere I could go, somewhere pretty. I wanted to sit down. I didn't want it to be too busy, have a little, you know, get a little takeaway coffee and a cake, of course. Um, you know, no point going to the country town without visiting the bakery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wanted a place like this and I used to think... Um, where would that be? What does that look like? And so I've created out here a space that's very it's very feminine for a start mm. uh, because I'm on my own. I can um, dictate the style. So yeah, great. Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's quite glamorous and gorgeous and um, girly, if you like, so very French provincial, lots of lovely furniture around, benches, gazebos, tables, chairs, umbrellas. 
And I wanted it to be a place that people could come to just quietly um, sit, you know, bring a little sandwich, have a cup of tea, wander around, enjoy the flowers up close, be able to have them, buy them, see them, smell them, be a part of them. Uh, and and a place that would touch people's hearts. And that might sound a little corny, but in all honesty, I I look at what I've actually done out here, Rebecca, and I think, yeah, this, this actually is that place now, and I'm actually very proud yeah. of it. Wonderful. Mm. So it was, yeah. about, it was always about sharing it, building it, and sharing it with other people. Wonderful. And... What are you growing on your property? What have you planted? Well, I'm taking the fashion editor's point of view, which is to have a very sharp, plain collection. So <laughs> I, um, I admire everyone who's, you know, who are real flower farmers and growing all sorts of flowers. But for me, it was about the ones that really were my great loves. And so roses, of course, um, because that roses really did start my flower uh, gardening journey um, way back when. Um, then we've got peonies, of course. I mean, who is, who is not Wonderful. in love with them? Exactly. Yeah, who is not in love with them? Are they blooming at the moment? Well, they have been. I've had a, okay. um, yeah, I had a, a little crop this season. Um, it's a little story on that, which we might get into in a minute. Um, yeah, great. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, not everything's easy and not everything does what you want it to do. That's the other yeah. number one yeah. rule of life, isn't it? Oh, yes, for everything, yes, exactly. <laughs> so peonies, um, which I refer to as my superannuation flower, I'm like, okay, kids, you've got, you know, five years to turn over <laughs> and come good. Um, dahlias, of course, and uh, then lavender. Oh, that's my other big thing, lavender. I, I'm, I'm mad for lavender and have had a couple of trips to Provence. And, you know, I really wanted to recreate that kind of scene out here as well. So I've set up the two and a half acres. Um, as I said, it was an empty paddock, which was highly unusual to find a little property of that size with nothing on it. Yeah. It had to have my name on it. So I've set up uh, the property like rooms. I've built, you know, there's a lavender room. There are the, there's the rose room. There's the peony room. And they're all decorated differently and styled, you know, as I said, benches, tables, pots, urns, all that kind of thing. Yeah. So that there's a sense of you're really moving from one flower to the next. And, of course, they all flower at different times. So there's constantly something going on, which is really nice. So, And then in winter, uh, I do all the beautiful bulbs, so tulips and hyacinths and that kind of thing. Oh, so it sounds like heaven. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I think you'd like it and I hope you'll come and visit us one day. I will. Yeah. Well, don't you worry. <laughs> I hope you have to get rid of me. <laughs> what, I, what I love about it is, and, and we just had, um, we had some girls out yesterday, some fabulous women who are really great friends from Instagram, mm. uh, which, of course, has been a huge vehicle for me and, you know, absolutely everybody um, in the mm. last few years. So. And what I'm always struck with is the emotional connection and the feeling that it gives other people. So when I'm working in it all day, every day, you know, you only ever see your mistakes or the things that didn't work or, you know, you can sort of go, oh, look, it isn't, what is it? I'm correcting this and I'm fixing that. And 
But when other people come, all they see is the beauty, the style, the elegance, and how it makes them feel, most importantly. And that was really, uh, that's music to my ears, when I hear people responding and reacting in such a happy way. I know know I've, I've seen my vision, um come alive which is really special yeah very special so take me back to the peonies and why what's happening with them well i think that um when i first came first thing i did was to get the soil test and we yeah, you know, wonderful. yeah so we are sitting on bang on perfect beautiful soil um and the, but the peonies what i what do i want to say about this because it was about buying them from a reputable supplier. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you're new in the business, as I was, still am, um, mm-hmm. I, I felt that I might have been given stock that was not as full as it could have been. Okay. And so, therefore, you know, here we are in our third year and uh, some of them have done well and some haven't. And okay. they're all being treated the same. They've all, you know, been mothered along and nurtured along. And in the meantime, I've actually met some fantastic peony farmers who've taken me under their wing and have been mentoring me and coming out. So I've got their professional opinion as mm. to really what um, the root of the problem, pardon the pun, uh, yeah. might have been <laughs> <laughs> was. So it wasn't me. It's, um, you know, uh, they've said, no, this is what's happened in the very beginning. So okay. great lesson always, you know, really check around who your supplier is. Okay. Big, yeah. big lesson for me, yeah. Yeah. So you would say that's one of your tips if somebody was starting out planting just to check on who they're buying from in the beginning. A hundred percent. And look, that that's really sensible yeah. advice that, you know, you'd, you'd apply to anything, wouldn't you? Do your research, which, of course, uh, I felt I'd done. Really, maybe I should have got a, a second, a third opinion type of thing or just maybe pressed into my research a little further, which is what, what I do now. You know, yeah, I, I don't okay. just take things at face value now. I kind of press in a little bit further and dig a little deeper. (laughs) (laughs) And that has served me very well. So, you know, live live and learn. Yeah, exactly. And it's always something that you can pass on to others too um, who might be in the same situation, you know, to just check on that. Um, I mean... I don't know. I've brought my penny bulb from Bunnings and it seems to be doing all right. Oh, well, look, there you go. <laughs> I've only got one. Yeah, well, I've got 700 of them. So it's... Oh, 700. Oh, my goodness. Well, yes, I was about, that was about to be one of my questions was how many roses and peonies did you start off planting? But... Well, um, in keeping with my personality, I went things straight up. It was all, well, we're here now, kids, so let's go, you know. And, um, yeah. So with the peonies, in that first year, in actual fact, from that supplier, I actually only got about 300. And then okay. since meeting um, the other people, I've doubled my efforts and got beautiful stock and um, some mentoring, which has meant the world to me, and friendship as well, which has mm. been really special and um, what keeps me going. 
because I'm out here doing this on my own. You know, I don't have the backup of um, of anyone else. So it's really great yeah. to have, you know, people coming alongside you and, and just, you know, letting you know what you're doing is good or what you could change and all that kind of thing. Yeah, wonderful. Um, but what have we got? We've got about, and so again, it's it's probably really it's it's small in in comparison to other people. So. Seven hundred peonies does not sound small to me. No, just putting my hand. <laughs> no, oh. it sounds like a hell of a lot. To me, so well, well, let me tell you, when I'm off my hands and knees planting them, as I as we did with this uh, when I was doubling them just back in um, May or whatever it was. And I'm feeling even the difference from when I first started three years ago to now. I mean, I'm 58 next month. So really, it's almost a young girl's, a young person's game. This gig, it's hard to kind of be doing it at my age and stage of life. But um, I am doing it. So I'm, yeah. I'm getting there. Um, we've got about 550 roses. Um, wow. Yes, really marvellous. I did a, a, I've got a beautiful... It's about an 80 metre long fence line, and that was the other reason why I loved the property. It's got a really long um, street appeal as well, like which I liken to the you know the Burke Street Mall windows at David Jones and Meyer. Oh, lovely! Yes, yeah, so real estate, real estate, real estate. <laughs> I noticed that it had really um, like a retail feel to it. It was a great property visually from the road. So um, I've created a beautiful rose garden up there, like what we call the display garden on the grass boulevard. <laughs> It'll be putting on its Christmas windows at the moment too. Correct. Definitely. It is. And looking <laughs> smashing. And that's all I've planted with um, Napita, which has just gone bonkers at the moment and really is mm. looking fab. But then last year I actually put in um, uh I think it was there, we topped it up, yeah, with about 300 uh, new roses, uh, which are specifically for the cutting beds. So, and they're making a great display at the moment too. There's about 700 lavender, which is lavender grosso, um, having been in Provence. That's the highly perfume yeah. one, yeah. Wonderful. And the dahlias here run, you know, 500, 550, whatever it is I can get in the ground and then. Any season. Oh, you are not small. This is not really? small. Oh. <laughs> no. Well, I I admire everyone else's efforts so much, and I, I you see people doing such clever and creative and and wonderful things, and um, it I think it's just wonderful how this entire flower industry is really the flower farming is just growing and growing and building. It's a terrific thing. Mm. Yeah. So. In saying that, how do you sell any of your roses or lavender or dahlias? Mm -hmm. Do you sell to florists in the area? Well, because really this is my um, third year, I had to wait for all of the yeah. roses to build up, which they're just yeah. they're doing. Um, and, of course, last year the madness was that, you know, we thought we were going to be um, selling, but I was mm. sick again last year, so... Uh, it's been a bit of a stop start, but I'm very confident for 2021. But uh, what I did do, the dahlias and, in fact, just winter gone with the tulips, which were a huge hit, I've actually been selling them in Warrigal in at a fabulous homeware store called Factory One, very chic, really smart. And the women love it because, of course, where do you place flowers? In your home. 
So yes. that was a really nice marriage for her to have the flowers and uh, it brought people into April's store, April at Factory One. And um, so that was that was something we trialled and it's worked really well and we're doing that again this season. Awesome. Yes. And it's a point of difference because... Um, you know, she's become a friend and so my relationship is with her and so we're working really nicely together there. I would love to hear from other florists um, now that I feel that I've got an offering for them. Um, yes. Really last year, as I said, it was still too little and I wasn't in a position to be well enough to service that. Um, mm. But the other great news is, and literally we just sort of that today, so you're the first to hear of it, is Ooh. yes, News hot off the press. Um, <laughs> my very gorgeous and good friends, Chica and Bruce Keeble, uh, of course, have the beautiful new event space down on St Kilda Road called The Commons. Yes. So um, they're old mates from 30 years. So we all grew up together when the kids were all little and whatnot. And Cheeks uh, rang the other week and said, get your roses. Please bring them down. So, <gasps> yes. Oh, wow. Exciting. So... I'm very grateful to them for um, wanting to have them and um, she'd seen a couple of pictures and, look, the roses, they're the size of your open hand. They're huge. Ah, oh, amazing. <laughs> and highly perfumed, beautiful hybrid teas, long, long, lovely stems. So um, I'm really delighted. As of next week, I'll be taking some um, taking buckets down to the Commons um, oh. And, yeah, really excited to just be sharing that with obviously very, you know, lovely, dear friends of mine and with the city folk. Um, Cheek said, look, we've got all the smart ladies coming in for, a, you know, a little glass of champs and a little salad at lunch. And, of course, what they're doing there with the commons is just so unique and special and glamorous. We thought it was a really nice fit. Oh, it's a fabulous fit. It'll go <laughs> so well. How wonderful. Yeah, thank you. I'm hoping and, so, yeah. And what is your favourite rose that you're growing? Well, you uh, yeah, no, look, I, I I, say it's Violina. Do you know that one? I don't, no. Well, whenever. I need to Google yes, it straight away. Do. <laughs> whenever I mention her on um, social media, I know women go out to buy her because she's everything that I love. She's, she's glamorous. She's, um, she's pretty. She's pink. She's, um, oh, highly fragranced. I mean, you know, heavenly fragrance. Um, healthy, does a great job, repeat flowers. She's a real performer. So I, I give her a big tick. Um, yeah, great. Yes, no, she's, she's a knockout. Violina, you see. Violina. Yeah. yeah, absolute knockout. And the other one, of course, is Just Joey, you know, an old favourite. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she's a classic. We love Just Joey. I love really, um, you know, hot pink roses. I love Best Friend. Um, in Appreciations, another beautiful hot pink one. And then, of course, all the, the new ones that I'm discovering, like um, Soul Sister, for example. Soul Sister has to be my oh. favourite rose of all time. I, I, yeah. how, I love yeah, her. I had never heard of her, but we've got her now, and she's doing beautifully as well. So I, I set out the bed so that there's a white, um, there's a white bed, uh, they're all colour coded, so with you know white, blush, a soft apricot, orange, 
hot pink, pale pink, red, and then there's a whole um, couple of beds of David Austin's as well. Yeah, wonderful. Mm. So what would you say in your journey has been the hardest part and then what has been the biggest highlight for you? Uh, very good questions. Look, the hardest part is definitely uh, the workload and doing it on my own. You know, it's it's tough and I'm lucky that I'm blessed with a very strong <laughs> constitution. Um, you know, I, I'm an old glamour girl but I'm a very hard worker and so I'm up, you know, the minute there's a sliver of light in the eastern sky, I am up with the birds and I do a eight to ten hour day, five days a week easily. Wow. Yeah, so, but it is hard and, you know, of course, you know, I'm actually still in treatment. I'm having immunotherapy for two years. Um, so yeah. I definitely have periods where I have to rest and I have to step back and say, well, I can't do that today and I'll get to it in a day or two. Um, so, and the hard part being I have to hire a lot of help as well. So there's an enormous expense with that. Mm. You know, I don't have the husband on the tractor. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's tricky. But um, for the most part, I'm actually, you know, really proud of, A, the effort that I put in, uh, the work that I'm getting done, you know, people say to me, I don't know how you're doing it. But I, and I say, well, you know, I'm doing it. So let's hope that continues. Um, and the highlight is, is, as I said, even just having the ladies out yesterday, the highlight is seeing people respond and react to what I've created or even in the shops, like going in and seeing women um, enjoy the flowers and buying them out of the buckets. I actually present the flowers as a unit, as an item, not as a bouquet, because I'm not okay. a florist, a, a skill set I highly admire. I'm all you clever florists. I think you're all marvellous. And it's a skill <laughs> and a talent I wish I was blessed with, but I'm not. So I'm just presenting them as a one, you know, buy one. So you can. If you want to buy one tulip, you're welcome. If you want to buy 50, help yourself, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the highlight is when you, as everybody says, you know, when you see people enjoying your beautiful flowers, it's it's a real um, lift. Yeah, it's a lovely feeling. Yeah, wonderful. And who would you say has inspired you in your journey um, right from the beginning until now? It might have changed over time or who inspired you to start and who inspires you to keep going, I guess? Well, in actual fact, one of my... Um, Someone that I admire enormously in life is actually an American uh, woman by the name of Carolyn Rome. Do you know of Carolyn? No, I don't, but I am just writing down her yes. name now. So. Well, Carolyn is a former fashion designer and I've been following her since 1990s, so many, many mm. years. Very glamorous New York girl. Um, well, she lived in New York. She had a collection there uh, and she then, when she gave up her fashion business, she went to Paris and studied under one of the great master florists and started her floral journey in love of flowers. And she's a real, she's a complete um, style maker, world renowned. Everybody loves yeah. her, huge, fabulous books, gorgeous, stunning. She's got a property in Connecticut that's just, you know, highly admired and photographed, one of the most stunning places. And I actually had, and so as a, as a follower, 
an admirer. I've been, you know, as I said, all those years. And in actual fact, in um, 2016, she came to Melbourne because her partner, Simon, is actually a Victorian. I think he's from the high country, his family. And I, yes, oh, wow. no, interesting. I didn't quite realise that. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting her. And we had lunch. Mm. We, in fact, had breakfast or, sorry, sort of brunch, morning tea at the Windsor Hotel. And then we went to lunch and I spent time with her. And it was one of the most thrilling, exciting meetings. And we talked about our love of flowers. And, of course, she had a new book out at the time, which is um, one of my favourites. I'm looking at it here called At Home in the Garden. And she's got a book mm-hmm. called Flowers and she signed them for me. And so I, I take so much from um, what she's created on her property because um, our resources are very different. But <laughs> our love of flowers is the same. It was just such a thrill to meet her and be able to um, yeah, continue to be inspired by her as well as obviously within the floral business. You know, people like Erin at Floretta, and I did the course, her debut season, which I found very helpful. And so, and I admire just, you know, all the Instagram people that I am friends with, Ben at Botany Green, Bon in the Garden, you know, the girls all over in Dalesford and Mount Macedon all doing a great job, Florelei. I I admire everyone's creative endeavour and effort. And it, they, so do yes, I. And it, it, mm. it helps you to keep going when you, um, you think, yeah, you're a part of something now and, you know, just one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And do you think that that has changed over the last few years? How has your industry experience been? Do you think that the farming, <clears throat> I don't know, community is getting stronger here? Yeah. How, did, how has it been Well, I regard myself as... Not an outsider, that's not the right term. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, and not on the periphery either because now I actually feel like really becoming a part of something. Um, so my industry experience is, is very new. It's very fresh. So mm. I don't really have a history to comment on in that regard. Uh, what I see are very hardworking people pursuing their dreams and goals mm. and I, as I said, I admire that enormously and I think um, even just anecdotally just the friendships that I'm making I think it's getting stronger because what we've all experienced with this year you know which is just so mad um, Mm. and everyone's been affected I I think I think people are really wanting to help and support each other and I've been the beneficiary of that from lots of lovely people and I hope that I, I give that as well. Um, so I think the business is just going to get stronger, apparently, you know, with deliveries being difficult and um, overseas uh, deliveries, you know, being hard to come into the country. The local scene, if they're saying, the predictions are really, mm. is it such a great place, is really so well-placed right now to enjoy uh, everyone coming out of lockdown and going up to, you know, all the country and regional spots. So I hope that we all benefit from that and just get stronger and stronger. Yeah, so do I. So if somebody wanted to 
come and visit you? How would they get in touch with you? Are you opening your farm gates to people now if anyone wants to come in or how is yeah, it Yeah, no, sure. <clears throat> well, right now we've made the decision to just stay a little small in terms of um, managing the number of people that we're having. And so mm. uh, we've got the invitation list on my website so people are welcome to join that, and um, which is the email address book, the invitation list. And when we, and I, we're just in the process now going, well, what does next year look like? Um, you know, we have a little daily a day, daily a week, daily, a, you know, afternoon tea, something in oh, March. Yeah, um... which would be lovely. <laughs> and I've made sure what I've done this time with the daily beds um, is that I've got a wonderful 18 metre long, the beds are 20 metres, and I've got oh. a three metre wide middle section so that we can set up the tables, the chairs, the umbrellas. Oh, oh. Yes, I think you like it, Rebecca, and I've planted them each side with the Cafe Olay so you can literally sit and have lunch looking in amongst the Cafe Olay, which I think people will enjoy. Sounds awful. Yeah, it is. Terrible. (laughs) Don't invite me. I don't want to come. So please join the invitation list, and that means that I'm emailing people a specific invitation to a specific event. Um, We were to have a Mother's Day uh, event, unfortunately, before I got sick the other year, which was, you know, potting up your bulbs, doing beautiful spring bulb pots for Mother's Day, a little event. Um, yeah, I hope to get that back and running. I've got a fabulous shed here, which is a marvellous, um, you know, stonking huge shed. So we've turned that into a little bit of a fab, you know, little sort of workshop, you know, pretty area. And uh, so yeah. that's that's great for those kind of things. Um but it really is about me being able to invite people and have that personal connection um, because that's what I need to do for myself um, to manage it yeah. properly right now. Yeah. And one day I hope yeah. I can fling open the gates and it's all, you know, bigger than Ben Hur. But right now it's, um, it's about being safe and sensible for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And especially with your health. I mean. Yes. Having the gates open and just sort of at the moment, I think, with COVID. No, no, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> Wonderful. So, so in a way, it's it's um, circumstances are dictating and I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've probably heard me ask this question before on the podcast, if you've yes, listened. Yes, of course. Um, is if you had to leave the farm really quickly, what three plants or three bulbs or three plant-related things would you take with you? Well, do you know, and I've thought about this, and I think if I was leaving in the middle of the night, one would think that that was all fairly urgent. Um, So I've decided (laughs) to just settle on one if that's okay. Yes, it's fine. that goes back to my favourite rose being Dialina because um, when I left my home in Frankston South, I literally, you know, was wrapping up, saying goodbye to the house, you know, thanks very much for, you know, looking after us and I'm off on my new adventure and I got a text from the post office and I thought, okay, I'll go down to the post office, last piece of business here in the area and it was, in fact, my mother's ashes. Being, yes, being sent from Queensland. And so Mummy, my beautiful Patricia, um, I put her in the car next to me 
And she and I travelled out here together on the very first day that I was here. Oh, that makes me want I, to cry. I know. Oh, and what a beautiful it moment. Was, and it was something very special. And I, so she is in fact, um, her ashes are scattered in a little area. It's the best seat in the house, which is appropriate for my mother. She was the glamour queen, let me tell you. <laughs> there was a glamour girl. Um, so Pat sits high on the hill looking over everything and uh, there's oh about 12 veiling roses and Rebecca, honestly, they are the biggest, fattest, most beautiful, most fragrant uh, roses I've ever seen in my life. So I would have to run out and dig up all of them and and take oh all of them and Patricia with me. And um, yeah. that's think I, I think that's all I'd have time for at that point. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'd be taking the Violina with me. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I love that. And do you have a favourite tool that you use around Yes, the you know, place? I've actually been a bit excited to share this with you. Um like everybody, mm-hmm. any tool that helps with weeding, sure, you know, have to have it, love it. But do you know recently what I bought that I'm absolutely loving and I wish I'd got it sooner was one of those little trolley carts. Yeah. Uh, yes. But I, yeah. I've got a, a brand called Gorilla, which I'd never heard of before, but apparently that's the, you know, they're the ants' pants. And so I've got my Dolly Fabulous little garden trolley, which I'm just tootled about the property with. But what I like about it is it's, um, you know, you can pile it up with all your, your dirty gear and all your bits and pieces and I cart around, you know, everything. But I also then use it for when I have to go down to the shed and we might be doing a photo shoot and setting up a little lunch table or something and I'll take out all my crockery and glassware and, you know. <laughs> so the old gorilla cart is uh, both tough and gentle at the same time. So oh, my new favourite toy, yeah. <laughs> and is there anything that I haven't asked you that you felt would, is really important for you to share about your story and about your farm? Well, I think... Do you know, this is actually something I would like to say, and I think particularly for women at my age and stage of life, you know, we, uh, you know, I get a lot of uh, correspondence from from women who are following me on social media and I, I answer everybody because it's this is how I'm building such incredible relationships. And all of them say, you're so brave, you're so courageous, I could never do what you're doing Um you know, how have you reinvented yourself, all of that. And my my whole thing mm. is, you know, we have to have faith in ourselves and our abilities um, that we can manage our lives, we can reinvent ourselves, find, find something new, a new passion, don't be afraid. There is something in all of us, Rebecca, there is something special God sprinkled into each and every one of us that that really is our passion and our calling, our path in life. And I I particularly would like for older women to find that for themselves and um, to express that and to nurture that little seed within themselves and to to love that about their life. Yes. Yeah. As I have done. Yeah, I think that's Mm. fabulous. That's fabulous advice. 
So true. Everyone has something to give. Oh, 100%. And, um, and none of us are the same either. That's the other thing I've learned in life. You know, each one of us has something yeah. different. And so my parents always brought me up to be able to like and admire other people's uh, talents. And, um, and I'm surrounded by incredibly wonderfully talented, creative, wonderful people who then love and respect and admire me in return. And that's what relationships and friendships are about. So I just, I just think for all of us, find your thing. And as the old Nike ad used to say, just do it. <laughs> I love just that. Just do it. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending this evening speaking to me and for being on the podcast. It's really been a special conversation. So thank you so well, much. My pleasure, Rebecca, and thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you to the wonderful Sarah for being part of Dish the Dirt. It was so lovely to speak to you and for you to be able to share your story with others out there. If you would like to get in touch with Sarah, please do so via her website at countrystyleandlife.com.au or you can get in touch via her Instagram at countrystyleandlife. If you would love to be on the podcast, I would love you to be on the podcast. So email me at dishthedirtpodcast at gmail.com as I have said before, I do multiple things. So please, if I haven't emailed you back, email me again or message me on Instagram or pester me because I want to share your story. It's just that sometimes I have about a million other things that I am doing at the same time. So if you would like to leave a review, you can also do that on Apple Podcasts. Until next week, I'm going out to a 40th and I cannot wait. I have not been into Melbourne City for about five months, I think. So, woohoo, she's calling my name. Um, until next week, keep being blooming fabulous.